AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Happy mess. I'm Ziri Hall, and this is Hot Happy, Happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> what is up? Happy Monday. We are back at it again. It is the dog days of summer, and it's hot. It's really hot, guys. It's hot. <laughs> Can y'all beep that? Jax, please beep that. I'm sorry. That was intense. You just got here. <laughs> Stay, please. Look, I, my house is in the valley and it's hot here. It's like 10 degrees hotter than the rest of Los Angeles, which I technically love, but sometimes don't, especially when I'm podcasting because this office is not the coolest situation. And I really need to get the AC checked out because I don't think it's working. Anyways, I need a vacation and I'm planning to escape. <laughs> um, I'm going to Barbados at the end of, no, I'm going to Barbados in September, which I'm really excited about. Um, because my best friend is getting married, and I'm the maid of honor. Hi, Julie. And before that, we're going to turn up in Miami for the bachelorette party. Bienvenido, Samiami. So if y'all know what we should do, or if you have any suggestions while I'm there, slide in my DMs with the debauchery. Cool? Cool. Okay, so last week, we had the first part of our anxiety episode with our expert, Dr. Alicia. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go do it. She dropped a lot of gems on how to identify anxiety, how to manage it, cope with it, how to support someone. If you have a loved one or a friend or a family member, maybe a child or a parent who's dealing with it. Um, so it's a really great one. So go check it out. And today we've got part two, baby. We have one of what is now one of my favorite real woman, real story spotlights ever where I am talking with the super amazing, awesome, hilarious, dope LaToya Newton, who is just, mm, 
just dropping wisdom left and right. She's sharing her personal story with anxiety and why she created an amazing support network for others who might be dealing with it, yourself included. So you're going to love the conversation. Here's Latoya. All right, y'all, for today's Real Woman, Real Story, we have LaToya D. Newton. She is a quintessential Bronx girl. She describes herself as a healthy mix of Cardi B and Lena James. If you know, you know. I love it. (laughs) Uh, She's the host of her own podcast, The Analog Girl, and LaToya shares her experiences with anxiety and her journey through recovery to emotional wellness. When LaToya is not raising awareness about anxiety as an advocate for mental wealth, a relaxing day for her is laughing at ridiculous memes on Instagram or watching episodes of a different world. Sign me up for either one of them. Honestly, I'm down. It is my favorite thing to do, honestly. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm really excited to have you sort of open up to our listeners from a real woman perspective because, you know, we have an expert on this episode and we all have dealt with various forms of anxiety, some stronger than others, Um, but especially coming out of the pandemic, I think more people than ever have had triggering events, myself included, that I hadn't experienced before what 2020 was for a lot of us. Um, So I'd love if you could just dive in by sharing your personal journey with anxiety. Um, Tell us your story. How did you get to a place where you realize this is something that I've got to figure out or get a hold on? Sure. So um, I think it all hit the for me in 2018, um, I started to struggle with something called depersonalization. Um, and for people who don't know what that is, it's um, it's a symptom of anxiety. Um, and it makes you feel like you are living in an altered reality or like you're in a dream world or you're kind of disassociated and disconnected from your body. And you're feeling very disconnected from people and even your atmosphere. Um, So I woke up uh, March 1st feeling like that. And I just thought the world was coming to an end. I thought it was dying. I thought I I I was in purgatory. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, not purgatory. Yeah, I was like, well, is it purgatory, child? Like, I don't know what this is. And I just kept saying to my mom, like, yo, I feel weird. Like, what's going on? I didn't know what the Mm -hmm. fuck was going on. So I'm like, wow. So um, I started to go to the emergency room. I was getting CAT scans. I was getting um, x-rays. So what did did it feel like physically? Like what made you feel like I need to go to the hospital? I just didn't feel real. Like I I can't, it's the only way I can explain it. And if you Google depersonalization, um, you'll see that that is one of the things. Like you just don't feel real. Like your body, you feel completely disconnected from your body. So I like, I would look in the mirror and I would see myself, but it was like it wasn't um, connected. So it was just very, it's a very strange feeling and it's just um, a symptom of anxiety, like I said, and it just uh, comes from being in a place of chronic fear or heightened fear. So my body had went into a fight or flight um, uh, feeling, you know what I mean? Like, so I, prior to that, had a panic attack. I was having panic attacks. And then um, I also smoked some weed. You know, I, I tried to do, I'd be trying to be like other people. I need to chill. Cause, cause weed is not for me. And I actually had one of those nights, like, like Smokey on Friday, uh-huh. like when he was running Just in the streets. Out. That was me. Okay. Tweaked out in the middle of Harlem, okay. out there wilding the f- out, <laughs> rushed to the hospital. It's a very funny story. There's ep- actually an episode on my podcast that you can go back and listen to the full story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's a long one. So short story long or long story short. <laughs> um, I started to have panic attacks after tweaking. Um, and, um, 
I think that the panic attacks would cause me to go into the depersonalization. So a lot of people do experience depersonalization after having a bad reaction to weed. There's a lot of people out there. And sometimes it just happens from people who are just going through some trauma or any kind of um, um, long-term anxiety that they have gone through. So it's, it's or, or brain or trauma, brain trauma, brain injury can bring this along too as well. So it's a lot of different ways to experience it. So that's what happened to me. Um, and I just decided, like, I hated the feeling. I didn't like being on the train and not knowing what, I just, everything was weird. I was scared to come out of my room. I was scared to walk outside. I was scared to, um, um, look, be on the train and was looking around and everything just seemed so familiar. It was like I was on a whole nother planet. It's just a weird fucking thing. It's very bizarre. And so I was like, yo, I don't want to feel like this. What can I do? And then I just started Googling. You know, when we're not feeling good, we always WebMD. We all become professional. Diagnosing yourself. (laughs) We all become (laughs) professional doctors. And so I just started to do my research and was figuring out that there was a community of people out there. I wasn't noticing any black people. Um, and I'm like, yo, where are the black folks? Like somebody else got to be going through this shit. It can't just be all white people in the UK. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I kept finding. But <laughs> it was just British white. Yeah. People. I was like, is this a British thing? Like what is yeah. this? Like why? It's like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I started to do my research. Um, I started to figure out, I got to the point when I was like, okay, so this is anxiety. So boom, check it. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to figure this out. What do I got to do to like, just lower my anxiety? How do I try to, um, you know, heal this or recover from this. And so I, you know, started teaching myself tools. I found books. I found people. I started Analog Girl. Um, I was in the talks at that time with a network with actually loudspeaker um, to have my own podcast there. Blew that shit in the ground because I was I was so depersonalized. My wow. pilot was trash. <laughs> Because you just weren't even. I was there, not really. there. I was. I don't. I was in outer space somewhere. I was gone. Mm. So um, I lost that opportunity. Um, and let me ask you this, just because I'm curious to know: was there a triggering event for you? And only you know share as much as you're comfortable with or not. Was this something that you dealt with off and on for years? In 2018, was just when it went to the next level, or did it come out of nowhere? Not. Yeah. So I remember. My very first panic attack, I remember having um, my uh, sophomore year in college. I remember having the panic attack, but not really knowing what it was. And I think what triggered me, and it's oddly, it's so weird, is that um, Aaliyah dying because she was so Mm. close in age with me. Um, I was very traumatized by that. Like I got really scared and started to question mortality at that point. So... um, Prior to that, I had experienced trauma in my life and I have a lot of things that have happened, but I was able to, um, you know, I guess sweep that stuff under the rug. So when the, when I started to have to be faced with mortality is when I started to become really like, oh God, what does this mean? I'm not, I'm not going to be on earth forever. That stuff started Mm to, ruminating thoughts started to happen when Aaliyah died. So I think that was the first time I experienced a panic attack. Um, And then it happened again. Um, in my older age, when I've had friends um, who have who were close to me that passed away, mm-hmm. so um, I think that has always been in my life. But 
it really hit the fan for me in 2018. And I guess, you know, my body was just like, okay, enough is enough. We got to figure this out. You know, so I just started going to therapy. I was reading up on stuff. I started Analog Girl. I, you know, was just working out and changing my diet. So I was just trying to get myself together that way. Um, And, you know, and then people started coming to me saying, yo, your story is crazy because I was going through the same thing. Never had I seen a black woman talk about this. So thank you. You know, so it just helped Mm -hmm. me to move forward and keep going with it. Telling my story. It's beautiful and amazing that you have been able to take that part of your story and really reclaim it, right? Like yeah. that could easily have gripped you, taken a hold of you, and become who you are. Yeah. But instead of that, it's how do I work with this and help other people also, yes. which is what I want to get into in just a little bit with the analog girl. Um, but first, just sort of diving in for someone who may be listening and feeling like, hold up, what she's explaining exactly. sounds a lot like what I'm going through mm-hmm. right now. What what all did that feel like? Not even in those um, specific moments when maybe you were having an obvious panic attack or anxiety attack, but just your day-to-day, your career. You were a project manager at the time when you were dealing with a lot of this, right? How did that affect your work? Oh, child, they fired me. So oh, oh, <laughs> I did not know that was the answer. Wait. What? How long oh. you got? Like, how long Ooh. you got? When I tell oh. you, I, I mean, I went through the ringer when it comes Girl, to- Girl, what were you doing at what? This didn't it look like a damn day. Hearing headlights in the middle of the, in the in the meeting, like I don't know what the fuck they saying to me, like you know what I'm saying. And I and as a project manager, you gotta like be on your p's and q's and really right. like I was lost in the sauce. I remember talking to one guy and in, in the meeting, I was just like, you know, I just don't feel real today. He was giving me the face, like he was not backing. <laughs> Like, yo, what are yo, he was like about? backing up away from me, like I don't know what the fuck. And I was the only black girl, so of course oh, you, they like, oh, so this, we gonna let the niggas in, and now the niggas don't know how to act in the place now. So you didn't like, you never hide this nigga in the first place. Just got here. Yeah, oh just got there. Had just got there. So yo, it was crazy, and I laugh about oh, it now, but I was just really bugging out. Right, I was really right. bugging out, and um. So I remember even one day, like, the vice president, she was like, we need to have a one-on-one because, like, you're not producing any work. Like, I literally was coming to work and just sitting there staring, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't understand anything because also, too, like, I was still going on and... I, I, I was having all these existential crises thoughts, like thinking I was dead or was going to die or was dying. It was just so crazy. And then at the same time, I had another friend who was close to me die um, suddenly after we had just went to Essence Festival. So like that was all compounded into one. And so she pulled me in for the one-on-one and I was crying like crazy, just t- telling her I don't know what's going on with me. Like I really, and she said she was going to give me a chance and like, I'll give you a month. And she didn't advocate for me. HR didn't give a fuck. Like they was just like, yeah. whatever. And a month, and did you, you told them you felt like it was a mental yeah, health thing? Yeah, I felt like it was a mental health help. thing. She, they didn't yeah. offer me no help, no services. They just basically clowned me. They, they was talking mm-hmm. about me. Um, they would go get in their little clicks and laugh at me. And I knew they was, but at that point I was just like, I mean, I'm used to getting teased and all that kind of shit. So I was just like, whatever, you know, like. I got to just figure out what the hell's going on. And then finally she was like, yeah, we're going to let you go. So I was Mm. like, well, before you let me go, can I at least get two months pay? Because like, you know, you guys really, I was telling you about my mental health situation and you guys fucking laughed. You thought Mm. I was, you know, you thought it was a joke. And so they did, they gave me two months pay. They owe me nasty asses and microaggression and everything else. And, um, 
I started to freelance and then I had a lot of free time and that's how I was able to, you know, work on Analog Girl and like build that from okay. the ground up. Like after okay. realizing that I blew the, the, the opportunity with loudspeaker. So that's right, what happened. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested when you talk about, you know, the fact that you raised your concerns about your mental health to your colleagues, to your boss, and then... That kind of went unanswered and eventually it kind of shot you in the foot, right? We we want to feel like we can have a safe space at work to talk about our health. If we show up with a broken back or I need two weeks out because I'm contagious or whatever, it's like, okay. But I've even hesitated with that where I'm like, I need a mental health day and it's worse than if I was sick or down with the flu or whatever it is. But the hesitation comes in because you don't trust that people will take that as seriously as we do the physical stuff. So I'm curious to know what you would say to someone who might be dealing with that hesitation for good reason, because it doesn't always end well to go to your boss and say, I need a mental health break. Okay, so I really, again, you know, I always have to preface, like, I'm not a professional. Analog girl is not a professional thing, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've always got to say, analog girl was brought about to talk about my own personal experiences because it is helps to be relatable to other people. So I don't think all the time it is behooves you to share it with your employer. I don't think so. And I think that you have to know what you got to go test out what HR is about. What, what are their, what are, what's important to them? You know what I mean? What are their, what do they step there and put their neck out for? You know what I mean? And that organization, how do they feel about you as a black person there? Mm. You know what I mean? Or did they just start saying, oh, race to, to, to health equity for black people or race to, you know, get 50 people of color in our organization and by the year 25, did they just start doing that? So you have to evaluate that and see like, how much do they really care about us? And then how much do they really care about mental health? You know what I mean? So... I think that you have to, you know, gauge that. And if you have a relationship with your supervisor or boss thing, yeah, uh, I would say bring it up. Otherwise, yeah. I personally, if you need that money and you need that job, start going to therapy, start figuring out another job, start figuring out what your passion is, um, start figuring out your exit strategy. Because mm. if it is not, it's not helping you and it's making you worse and you also don't feel like you have a support system there then that's not a place for you to work. Mm, That's how mm. I feel. So by them letting me go was a blessing. And I felt so relieved on that day. I was ashamed. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Now it's like, now what? Now let me hit the ground running and figure shit out for myself. Right, right. You know, like I've been homeless before. I I can do this. You know what I'm saying? So I got into that mode. Um, So I do believe that sometimes if you do have that support system, you can say something, but sometimes you can't. Yeah. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you keeping it real about it because honestly, that's how I feel. I I Mm -hmm. would love to get out here and be like, just go to your boss and that's what they're there for in HR. Mm -mm. I learned a while ago under different circumstances, that is not what HR is there to do half the time. That's not- to protect the company Mm -hmm. and do what benefits the company. (laughs) So you And because they will look at you as a threat. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly- Exactly it. And then their job oftentimes is to eliminate threats for the corporation. Um, but that, that's that's really good advice. Uh, you talk about having to really 
good or a strong support network. I'm curious to know when you were going through the thick of it, did your relationship suffer? And then also, what was the advice you got from family and friends, you know, particularly in the black community? There's there's been traditionally so much stigma around mental health, around therapy, around talking to people. I grew up with the mindset of we don't we just get we just get it done, we just keep it moving, like right. we don't really do yeah. too much talking about stuff. That's and right. I've I had to grow out of that and unlearn so many of those behaviors. What was that like for you? Um, so my mom, I'm a preacher's kid. My mom is about that life with the Bible and the prayer mm-hmm. and the oil. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, and that's what I, let me okay. tell you, get that holy oil right now. <laughs> listen, my granny stayed with a bottle of oil. She just be ready to just <laughs> listen. And don't and listen. And I was like, I want you to get it. Cause I don't know what the hell is going on right now. Get the oil. As a matter of fact, just douse my whole body in that <laughs> shit. All of it. All of it. Okay. Moisturize me, please. Right. So, um, my mom was definitely there for me um she was there for me from day one she was had to get in the bed and sleep with me Mm. and rock me to sleep because I was so scared to fall asleep um my heart would be racing so bad she would feel my pulse in my hands and she would just start praying and be like you know you gotta you're not telling me to calm down because she knew all the right things to say but she was just basically soothing me and rocking me until I would fall asleep and my mom stayed with me about a week. And then she looked at me and she was like, it's time because now you have to get yourself through this. Um, so my mom was just very supportive in that and just um, just nurturing me in that. And then also let me know she experienced something like this before, too, in her, young, in her younger age um, and how she dealt with it. Um, I also had a friend who came out to me and was like, yo, I was going through this all last year. I just never said anything. Mm. So now I'm like, what, bitch? Like, you never said nothing? Like, I was telling any of everybody who would listen because (laughs) I wanted to know what was going on. And I was just like, this is so crazy to me. So, you know, people just started to open up and talk to me and tell me what they were going through. Um, As far as relationships. Now, listen, I was in a situationship. Okay. He had to go because this nigga started having sex with other people immediately. (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> immediately because who got time to have sex when they think they're dying you know what I'm saying so like <laughs> that's a valid question like who got time for that. that this ain't the movies like, like you know literally I'm, trying to survive no because you know in those movies the day after to- the tomorrow or whatever they be right. in the middle of the war they always find time to you in. know shoot up the club like nah I was not doing none of that so yeah. I, you know he went on and was doing him and, and then right. he wasn't believing me and mm. he was just in denial about the whole thing like he was just looking at me like so what do you mean you like you know because on the outside I was looking like this I was mm-hmm. still doing my Beautiful face I was together. still getting dressed yeah. you know but I would be like yo I feel so crazy right mm. now and he wasn't understanding that yeah. so I wasn't mad at him for doing that you know gonna be you know so like I was just like whatever but I had to come out of that situation because it was a situation and it was stressing me out so I started to remove all those stressors from my life I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. what did you have to lose what did you have to cut away what boundaries did you have to set to start that journey to becoming healthier yeah, it was definitely the situationship okay. and knowing who I am and going to therapy and starting to learn how I, and even now I'm, I still, and that's why I'm single now and I get myself together because I become the man. I become mm-hmm. 
I want that love so much. And, you know, my daddy issues come up and I want to be loved. So I become engrossed, you know, and I knew that that was something that I had to just take, take, I had to come out of that. Um, So I took that away. Um, I became more disciplined with my health. I stopped drinking at the time. Um, Because I was doing a lot of heavy drinking out of depression, out of wanting to be loved, out of wanting to be in a relationship. And this man was just all over the place doing him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just not being set in my career, in my passion. I, um, you know, was just stuck. I was Mm. stuck. So I just started to find ways of coming, becoming unstuck, you know, and um, removing all of those things from my life was helping me to not be stuck anymore. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You talked about what you lost, or not lost really, but what you let go of so that you could get to a healthy place. What did you gain? What did you add to your lifestyle that helped you? Your faith was a part of that growth? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I do believe that I became closer with God in that situation. Um, I am definitely a hood chick, you know what I'm saying? But I love Jesus. I grew up in a church, born and raised. So I knew what my foundation was. I know the scriptures. I know the prayers. You know what I'm saying? I know that God has a plan for my life. And I know that he's always had his hand on my life every time um, I was going through a situation. So it was just like... uh, 
the second nature for me to just go into prayer and start to figure these things out and seek guidance and seek wisdom from him. But it helped me to get closer. And it wasn't when, when I started to go back to church, the way people were gravitating towards me and I wasn't even speaking to them is mm. when I realized like, okay, God, you are guiding me. You are putting me in a place where I'm, I must be fulfilling my purpose or calling at some place a point in time yeah. by doing this. So yes, spirituality has really, really gotten me through. And I talk yeah. about that often on the podcast. Podcast and write about it, you know, yeah. so, and give give the scriptures that helped me. Yeah. Wait, what's, I'm curious, what's one of your favorite scriptures? So Psalms 116, where he says, I, I, I know you don't think I heard you, but I heard your prayer. Mm. So I would listen to that all the, oh, wait a minute, because that's going to make me start getting teary-eyed mm-hmm. right now. I got to chill. Look, we can cry <laughs> together. I'm all about a little Hold on, because you know, <laughs> Holy Spirit will come right on in, child. Mm. So let me bring it, let me rein it on in. Talk about so, it. You don't got to rein it in. You no. <laughs> Because I, you know, when you have depersonalization, you feel invisible. Mm. And so, you know, I would listen to that prayer. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, I would read that scripture. And then I would say my prayers and I'd be like, you know, that scripture gave me confirmation mm-hmm. that he was hearing my prayer and he was going to bring me out of it. And so that whole Psalms 116 is basically that saying, I hear your prayer. I know that you're going through this battlefield in your mind, but you are going to come out of this. And not only are you going to come out of this, but you're going to come out of this as pure gold. Mm-hmm. So that's what I will always focus on with Psalm 116. Wow. So, Yes. Whoo! <laughs> let's keep Take the lashes on. Talk about I know I, I love crying a lash off. Listen, let's time, keep the lashes on. But yes, wow, yes, and um, I had a very um, uh, like it was an experience at church or like my pastor who she's just recently passed away. But mm-hmm. I was just sitting by myself and I was going to church alone every Sunday, minding my business, like on. And one day she just was like, "Um, you, uh, excuse me, question." Were you in Black Panther? Oh, <laughs> no, like, excuse me. No. Master. <laughs> I was like, no. She was like, but you know what? It's not even that you, how, your look. She was like, yeah. I'm just grabbing. And this is her from the pulpit in the middle of the service. Oh, oh, oh. Sta- I this yes. Was like after church. No, no, no. She stopped service. <laughs> yeah. And was like, I'm just so drawn to you. Mm. And um, she was like, are you a member here? And I was like, not, not yet. And she talked to me and then she spoke into my life and, you know, she was just like, you know, well, it ain't Wakanda forever. It's Jesus forever. (laughs) It's pretty funny. But that in itself was God just saying, I see you and other people see you. You're not Mm. invisible. So like that was like the the defining moment for me of coming out of this depersonalization and this wow. altered universe of wherever I was living at the wow. time yeah, <laughs> spiritually. And, and how long ago was that? How recently was that? Um, that was two, that was at the end. No, that was 2019. So okay. I okay. went through 2018, joined the church at the end of 2018. And that happened when okay. in 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. You mentioned your podcast um, on mm-hmm. it. You said something super interesting about not saying my anxiety anymore. Yes. My anxiety. Uh, tell me about that. What does that mean? Why not that? Uh, Cause it ain't mine. I don't want that shit. So... <laughs> I do not so want that shit. Keep so, it. yes, and I, you know, like I recently just finished writing a book, honestly, and I just had to go back and 
see where I was still saying it like muscle work like mine mm-hmm. I was like nope take that out take that out because mm-hmm. I don't want other people to say it mm-hmm. and start claiming ownership of it so um, I, you know I, that was in my mind I'm like why do I keep saying mine like I own this thing I don't own this you mm-hmm. know like anxiety is also always going to be a part of our lives it's a natural thing that happens but I don't own that you know mm-hmm. I don't yeah. own that I own peace I own happiness yeah. my so happiness what, my peace what do you refer to do you not refer to it as at all or what do you I just say, say anxiety or, anxiety. you know, like, yeah. so, you know, today I'm not, I'm feeling a little anxious or, you know, girl, I be having a little anxiety sometimes mm-hmm. or like not, girl, the way my anxiety set up. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I try to change my my language when I'm speaking of Right. It. I mm-hmm. love that, that, that sort of intention. We talk about being intentional in all facets of life on the podcast. And mm-hmm. it's like, I can be sick, right? But I would just say, you know, I came down with a cold or, you know, I feel a little sick right now. I don't go around saying my sickness and- right. Like it's not exactly. like a part of me. It's a thing it, I'm experiencing exactly. in a given moment. Exactly. Okay. I love that. Okay. Um, when it comes to tactics to to sort of curb anxious behavior or feelings when they do arise, do you have go-tos, things that you recommend other people try that might work? Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'd I be doing it all. Um, yeah. So meditation is one of the main things that I do. I do TM, um, Transcendental Meditation, which mm. is one of the easiest ones Explain that to me. people who don't know. So it's the most effortless um, meditation where they give you a mantra. I don't, you know what? I'm not going to say that because I don't know where this is going. But they give you a (laughs) mantra (laughs) and um, you rehearse the mantra over and over in your head as you're quiet and your quiet time for 20 minutes, two times a day. Um, The mantra means absolutely nothing. It has nothing to do with spirituality, anything, no religion, anything. It means nothing. It's just something for you to focus on so that you are not focusing on other things. Now, with TM, you do have your thoughts. And what I love about that is they teach you that these thoughts are not bad. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is a lot of, especially a lot of people who struggle with anxiety, is that when you try to meditate, your thoughts are like 100 miles a minute. So you think you're failing. You're not failing. Like, that's what happens when you're meditating. you're going to have these thoughts, good or bad. It's just a matter of getting into the flow and learning how to not be so affected by these thoughts that come. They come and they go. They Mm -hmm. flow easy like water, moving back and forth or like air. Mm -hmm. So that's what transcendental meditation is. And I often do that, especially in the height of when I'm feeling like real frantic or struggling with my mortality or some kind of existential crisis. I do the TM. I mean, I don't keep it up and try to, I need to be more consistent with it, but especially when I'm doing bad or not doing bad or when I'm having a a struggling day, Mm -hmm. I'll do the TM. Um, What else do I do? I oftentimes do juice cleansing. I feel Mm. like that helps me. Okay. That does help me um, for clarity. Um, And you You don't get so so hungry. I always want to do a cleanse and I always give up. (laughs) I do. And I just finished doing Chef V, um, which was easier because she helps, she gives you, like, you have, you can eat, like, a salad and some protein or whatever, so it helps with that or something. Yeah, you you have a little something, but it does give you a little clarity and make you feel lighter. So, I, you know, I I do know that, uh, you know, anxiety does have a lot to do with your gut, too, as well. Mm -hmm. So, I try to to maintain what I'm eating and eat a little healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I've cut back on drinking alcohol because I Mm -hmm. find that the next day... I feel like shit, right. especially when people who struggle with anxiety. You work, wake up the next day and you're like, oh, I'm so depressed and I have no reason. I don't right. understand why I'm depressed. It'd be that anxiety. It'd be, yeah. not, it'd yeah. be that alcohol. It really is. Like it'd the come down from that, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. people think of it only in the sense of like hard drugs or certain like 
drugs, literally, but like any substance. And we've all Mm -hmm. been there. I have certainly had those experiences where I'm like, last night was fun, but today I'm like, what is the point of any of it? What is the point of it all? Because yeah, your anxiety spikes regardless whether you feel like it's something you struggle with every day or or not. I have found that when I drink heavily (laughs) the Mm -hmm. next morning, I would always just feel on edge and wired and just down. So (laughs) I'm glad to hear you say that because it really normalizes the fact that, yeah, that that can play a part in it, the substance. It really does. Mm. It really does. So I noticed that about myself. And that's another thing. You just got to be honest with yourself and then start right. holding yourself accountable. Um, and, you know, I know that we are having, while we are having compassion for ourselves during our struggles with our mental health, we also have to be holding ourselves accountable. Mm. Um, and that's what I found that I had to start doing too. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, therapy. I sit on the couch every week. I don't I don't play yeah. those games. I, I go it. and just leave everything there with my therapist. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm looking for for a male therapist, I feel like I want to be intentional about my therapy now. Like my therapist was great, um, but I don't have great relationships with men and I'm just now rekindling my relationship with my father. So I feel like going and being intentional to by seeking out a male therapist will help me to get a little more trustworthy of men, especially mm. black men. So mm-hmm. I'm on the search for that. Okay. Um, but yes, I've been intentional about my therapy and intentional about who's going to be nurturing me in therapy. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's important for us to do too as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the breathing uh, techniques right. and right. Um, panic attack techniques. One yeah. is a uh, suck on a lemon. That'll take you right suck out. Suck on of a lemon. Panic. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll, it'll ground you in a second. If you're starting I've to have never a, heard that. Yeah, because of the, the sourness. So if you're having a panic attack and one day try it, just, go on a lemon. Because a lemon, you'll focus on the on the sourness of it. Right, right. Um, so it'll kind of ground you and bring you down. Cold okay. water, walking back and forth, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. How do you feel helps. about caffeine? Coffee? Can't do that. Yeah. Caffeine make me feel like I done snorted a whole line of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. If you drink, if you drink Yo, some of it. Right. And listen, I want the last, I was like, uh-uh, I don't like this. And it was like, I remember going to sleep and no, feeling like I knew I was asleep, but I felt like I was up. So I was like, yeah. I'm never doing this shit again. Yeah. So caffeine don't sit well with me. Not even okay. like a sip of Pepsi. I can't even do it. Yeah, So really? if you're highly, and yeah, okay. nah, if you're like really, really anxious or, you know, you have an anxiety disorder, like mm-hmm. cut the caffeine out. Mm, cut okay. the caffeine out. Okay, yeah. cut the caffeine out. That that's mm-hmm. a really good tip. Before we wrap up, I could talk to you forever. This is so fast. I know. I so, love talking to you. <laughs> great. <laughs> so informative and just real and honest about everything, which is something <laughs> I always respect and appreciate and try to be myself. Um, you know, as we talk about vulnerability and, and mental health and the stigma, I'm curious to know why? Why why do you share as much as you share? Why are you so open? And was there ever a hesitation about being this open with such personal stuff? Well, I'll start from the latter then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um always hesitation. There's always hesitation because of the shame that I have harbored during my struggle. Um, and then also not wanting to 
feel like a Debbie Downer all the time. So that's why I always bring humor into my episodes a lot. And I'm always just like, you know, I'm just a ratchet, regular, regular <laughs> girl who struggles with anxiety, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always like to, you know, make, not make light of the situation, but also just, just be a little more humorous in it so that it's more relatable. Mm-hmm. So I do struggle with it and being as open as I am because I don't want to seem like a Debbie Downer. Mm. Um, And why I did it is because I just never saw, I didn't see anybody else doing it at the time. Now, celebrities are doing it and we are very appreciative of them. But of course they have the privilege of the audience and Mm -hmm. the marketing and the money behind them. Whereas someone like myself is doing a whole thing by herself but has found this small community that's mm-hmm. so loyal and they are just like, yo, we just want to hear what you got to say. Please, can we just, you know, can we email? Can we talk? And I can talk with them. I do one-on-ones with some people who are struggling with depersonalization. Mm-hmm. So it that, that was... To me, that's the reason why I'm doing it for the people who just want to have someone that they can relate to a peer to peer kind of thing. So um, and also for black women and black men, Mm -hmm. Um, men have reached out to me, you know, and they don't see this situation. There was, you know, a black guy who was like he was going through DP and he's like, yo, never have I seen anybody of any color talking about this, you know? So it's for them and it's for me because it's healing for me to keep talking about it and to keep sharing Mm -hmm. um, and not keeping this stuff bottled up. Yeah. So that's why. I love it. I love it. I love it. Latoya, I adore you. I'm like in love right now. (laughs) I I, want to talk about uh, where people can find you. But before we wrap up with that, um, you do some guided breath work. You're in a guided breath work, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you take us through like just a short, like a minute or less uh, guided meditation that can help like release some stress and anxiety, maybe a little overthinking for us? Oh, sure. So I always do the four count. Okay. Um, And that's uh, inhale on the four count and then you hold on the four count and then you exhale on the four count. Okay. Um, And it helps in anything when you're stressed in front of your computer. It helps for panic attacks too. Okay. Um, So you take a deep breath in on the four, hold four. Well, you got to count me in or something. I want to do it. I will. So we can start now. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Okay. So breathe in on the four. Hold it. And then exhale on the four. And then I usually roll my shoulders, roll my neck. And if I need it one more time, we can do it again. I'm going to start cracking bones soon, (laughs) y'all. How you feeling? Do you want to do it one more time? Breathe (laughs) in. Let's do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. Okay, one more. Inhale on the four count. Hold it. And then exhale on the four count. And then roll it out. This is mm-hmm. reminding me that I need to get my life together. I need to get back to <laughs> my, my consistent meditation game. It's been a Yeah, so do I, girl. I need to get mine together. I'm not consistent either. <laughs> well, I love it. Um, That's the beauty of it all. Right. You can do it. We always have tomorrow, God willing. So. Amen. Amen to that. Um, Latoya, mm-hmm. if people want to reach out to you, go one-on-one with you, listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Okay, so my Instagram is the dot analog girl. Um, my Twitter is the underscore analog girl, or you can go to my website at theanaloggirl.com. Why is it analog? 
Well, because I'm a 90s girl and I loved Analog Worlds, right? And you know, oh, okay. Eric Badu said yeah. Analog Girl in the Digital World. Hey. And so Analog is like my foundation, my calm, my peace. You yeah. know, Digital World is so fast-paced, make you so anxious. Mm. And Analog just calms you out, zinned out. I so love it. That's why I, I chose it. it. Oh, yeah. God. This is like my favorite conversation of all time. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. And I love being on your show. I'm so honored that you that you asked me when I of saw course. I was like, oh my God, I want to be on it I'm just grateful you said yes, because you are dropping gems left and right. I'll be applying a lot of this too. So I so appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hi. Happy. Yes. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Did I not tell you? I told you. You didn't want to listen, but I told you, and that was the truth. And now you know. You can trust me. LaToya is amazing. Special thank you again to her for sharing her story and being so vulnerable and honest and real. Uh, Make sure y'all hit her up. And if you feel like that's something that you're struggling with when it comes to anxiety and you feel like you would love the support that her network provides, go check it out. Go go slide in the DMs or, or hit her up or check out her podcast, okay? Now, before we head out, I want to share with you an iTunes review from a lovely listener. Inger Berenshot, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but she says, best podcast for the modern woman. I love this new Zuri venture, always been a big fan since her early E days and single ladies YouTube video. And she brings her spirit and bright sparkle to this too. I love the great topics, which are not the typical light fluff often heard in other podcasts, but real life issues and life decisions. And no, it's not boring or tough to get through. Zuri makes it so fun and relatable by incorporating her own experiences and struggles into adulthood. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, love, for taking the time to leave a review. I appreciate it. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Um, And a reminder to you listening that leaving a review on iTunes is free. It's easy. It's the quickest way to support Hot Happy Mess. So if you like what you hear and you want to keep hearing it to be straight up, okay, then I'm going to usually review. Just kidding. I don't need it. No pressure. But I would appreciate it. And it does show um, show that people are vibing with Hot Happy Mess and what we're creating here. The community's growing. The podcast is growing. And that just warms my heart. It makes me feel so good. I love reading all of your messages. I see all of your comments. Um, so hit me up. Um, if you want to leave a review, you can do that. Go to Apple Podcasts. Type in Hot Happy Mess. Scroll down and write the review. Slide in my DMs at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L, or at Hot Happy Mess. Mess. Um, I love to talk to y'all. I see everything, even if I don't have time to respond to everything. And I love getting your messages. So shoot me one. Yeah. Oh, and can you do me a huge favor? Super fast, super easy. If you could just like tell a friend or tell your mama, tweet your mutuals, tell them to listen to Hot Happy Mess, okay? If you could just share us on Instagram, Facebook, spam, maybe not spam, low-key spam. Um, And just tell the people that they should be getting their hot, happy mess on and tag us on social. You would be a real one. And I want to repost you and all of your love. So that's it from me this week. Come back next week when we are getting into another wellness conversation. We are talking about it all, y'all. Astrology, horoscopes. I'm a Gemini, in case you couldn't tell. (laughs) Meditation, Enneagrams, all of the things. And if there's something you think we should dive into this series or that you think will be fun to talk about, let me know. 
If you feel like you're a real woman with a real story and you want to be on the podcast, let me know. If you feel like you know somebody who should be that woman, let me know. The theme is let me know. All right. I'll see y'all next week. In the meantime, stay blessed. I'm sending love and light and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.